Yes. Well, yeah, you say, did I, did, the question was, did I say nirvana could be the object of consciousness or the lack of craving? Okay, the lack of something cannot be an object of consciousness. When we say nirvana is a cessation of craving, what we really mean is that that when there is a cessation of craving, then nirvana is revealed. Okay? And, and we say that Nirvana is the object of consciousness. Well, not in the it's not an object of consciousness in the usual sense, but uh, it is in most of these systems, except for uh, well, there, there are certain dry insight practices where a person's experience is actually described as a as a lapse in consciousness or forgetting. Most of the time it's a conscious experience. But what becomes known to the mind is nirvana or emptiness or ultimate reality. So it is, uh, it is described in the Theravadan tradition as, as being an object of consciousness. Uh, but it's more that there is an experience of consciousness, and consciousness has no other object, and therefore nirvana is realized. That might be a better way, a little, little luckier, more cumbersome. But essentially what happens, what we're talking about, ultimate reality, emptiness, and nirvana are the same thing. They are that which is unborn, unconditioned, and unceasing. In other words, that which involves no projected, no mental projection, no object of, of any kind. So the, the ultimate reality, um, therefore, is not an object in, in any sense that normal consciousness would take it as an object. But there is still consciousness. So, and subsequently, the person reflects on the experience. And of course, they'll interpret it according to whatever their background is. You know, if Christian mystics interpret it as having the self, the soul having dissolved into the union with God. You know. So depending on, depending on what conceptual formations the mind has in it after the fact, it will be interpreted based on that. That the mind can't have as its object a lack. Isn't that what you said? Uh, well, that is that it, it, we yes, you can't take as an object an absence. What you can do is take as an object uh, the conceptualization or the formation corresponding to an absence in what is called the seventh jhana, the formless jhana. This is called the base of nothingness. And so the person's mind has become 
very, very still. Uh, they have let go of, of, uh, of the sense of spatial location and experience infinite space. They have experienced infinite consciousness. And then they have the experience of nothingness, of no thingness. But this is exactly what happens in your mind. Have you ever been, okay, you're, you're, you're looking for something and you thought it was in the drawer, and you open the drawer, and you're struck by, it's not there. But that is a mental formation, the nothingness. Is that absence. So you're not knowing the absence directly, but you're having experience of the formation of the absence. So is that what the direct perception of emptiness is? Is the perception of that mental formation and not the thing itself? The direct perception of emptiness is what it is is It's not of a mental formation corresponding to the absence of something. It is a direct understanding or a direct experience of the reality of ultimate truth that is revealed when there is no when there is no projection, including the projection of nothingness. And there is when the mind is not even projecting nothingness, but rather what is revealed is not, because emptiness is defined as an absence, but it is not a negative. It is, emptiness is what everything is made out of. Emptiness is uh, the only thing that is, and there is something that is. Okay? But what do you mean that it's not a negative? What do I mean that it's not a negative? Because a negative as in something that doesn't exist, it's missing, it's not there, only exists as one, only has meaning as one half of the duality of, of something, of existence or non-existence. Emptiness, and nirvana, all these different terms that we use for the same thing, are describing something that is beyond either existence or non-existence. Those, you see, okay, we have to bring this back. I don't, I don't know, there'll be a limit to how much that I can say about this, but if I can satisfy your intellectual need here, that's what I'm after, okay? All right, we have, on the one hand, we have things that we would say exist. In other words, they, 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 are, they are outside of the mind, and we infer that they have an existence outside of the mind. So, you know, you infer that the back of my hand exists even though you can't see it. You infer that the palm of my hand exists even though you can't see it. So that, that's what we mean by existence. Okay? And then, there is another kind of real, which is that which we 
are experiencing, which is a projection of the mind. Okay? So the back of my hand is an existent that you infer. The palm of my hand is a mental projection that you regard as a real. Okay? And both of these have their opposites. Uh, you know, the, the existence that you infer of the back of my hand is not a real. So you have the real and the not real. And the existence, uh, you know, I could say that, uh, um, I'll turn my hand around. I could say on this side of my hand, um, I have a, a picture of the Buddha. And you would say, well, I just saw the palm of his hand a minute ago. There's no picture of the Buddha there. So I don't believe there's a, an existent here. So we have, in our normal reality, we have these two categories of things that we either believe in or don't. Existence and non-existence that are by inference, and the reals that are the objects of our direct experience in the moment. Emptiness is the removal of both of those. Emptiness is not something that's known by inference. So the back of the hand doesn't count. But there is no mind projection of a real. And so what is known what becomes known to the mind, what becomes realized, and what changes the way the mind works in the future, is the experience that the reals are empty. Okay. Emptiness is the ultimate truth. In terms of con uh, uh, relative reality, emptiness is the fact that nothing actually exists the way it appears to us to. All of our reals are false. And so from the point of relative reality, that's what emptiness means. From the point of view of ultimate reality, emptiness is the ultimate reality. So it's, it's no, it's not a negation, and it's not one half of an is and is not kind of, or exists and does not exist kind of equation. Not a lack? From the point of view of relative reality, it's a lack. But in the the nature of emptiness itself, is not a, a lack. And I realized that you probably have been trained in a lot of Pasangika Dhamma, which always reaches this point of uh, emptiness is empty too, and therefore uh, nothing exists. But, uh, and that remains true as long as you're talking from the point of view of appearances. The emptiness of things from the point of view of relative reality is also empty. Because the emptiness of things from the point of view of relative reality is itself another kind of formation. And that's why 
I prefer, of all the Madhyamakas, I prefer the Shentan Madhyamaka, which simply recognizes that. It says that once you, have, once you understand the Prasangika view, then you're left with the contradiction that, well, either there is nothing, which makes no logical sense at all, or else uh, non-existence doesn't exist either, which is another that makes no sense at all. So, the Shentong view says that emptiness is the ultimate reality, and it's it's not it, it has the nature it has it's the one thing that does have self nature has the self nature being empty. This is uh, that I, I I hope. I hope that helped you a little bit. But when you get to that level of philosophy, it really is philosophy and it's logic. Better better to better to focus on the more practical aspect and uh, get there yourself.